0: Hey there, Enduring Church listeners, it's Alan here with Trent today. We're so glad to be with you as we help you and your church endure. And today we want to talk about something, you know, this week's been Valentine's. So we, I'm sure y'all did something really great, like maybe go to Walgreens and read (laughs) Valentine's cards to one another, something like that. But we want to talk about love today. So what's love got to do with our conversation today, Chad?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tina Turner would be asking that same question. Yeah. Um, and so today, I, I want to take this analogy. You know, I know that as pastors, and that's kind of who we're talking at today, is That as pastors, we're not the the bridegroom, we're not the groom, and God has placed us not only in charge, but responsible for the bride of Christ, and that is the church, and so we kind of want to, I want to make this analogy that, you know, hey, are we taking care of the bride well, and, uh, you know, and thinking about your position as a pastor, are you doing all that you can to take care of Jesus' bride, the church,
0: yeah, what a great question for us to consider today. You know, one of the things that I never really thought much about until I'm in the role that I'm in now is how many times I would uh, run into some guys who, not sure they love their church, not sure mm-hmm. they they care for them, and that's a that's a real struggle. I think we all go through ups and downs in ministry, uh, but when you don't when you don't want to give your time and effort and energy. Um, to the church you're called to be at there's a problem
1: yeah and just like you said Alan if if there's a long period of time like I gotta be honest today I'm kind of grumpy because I spoke twice at two different meetings yesterday and did a whole bunch of meetings and so I'm kind of worn out but you know if if you know for a long period of time if you're grumpy if your church is like hey do they even does he even care about us? Then I think there's a real issue. And I think you can see that in lots of, of ways. And so I want to point out just, just a few of these ways that that maybe as pastors that we should be thinking through. And, and so uh, the first thing, I, I I think, you know, thinking through our minds, and I was just kind of taking this Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, kind of trust in the Lord with all your heart kind of thing. And so with my mind... Um, am I loving the bride with with my mind? And you know, here's a question I put on here, and and Alan thought it was interesting: Is are you lusting after another church? Um, and so I, I think this is a really important question. What do you think, Alan?
0: Well, yeah, I never really thought about it with in that terminology before. But boy, is that is that true? You know, um, when you think about. Um, the word lust and what that means is that we have this longing, this pull, and it's an unhealthy pull that takes us mm-hmm. away from something that is good um, and pulls us into a relationship that would not be good and healthy for us. And really, when you're in a church and you're th- thinking, I wish I was in this church, other church, it's unhealthy all around. There's there's mm-hmm. nothing about that that's going to be good or honoring And it's certainly not a a healthy place to dwell your mind on. And so it's really a a really good question and a good way of putting it, even if it it sounds a little bit odd to your ears at first. But are you lusting after another church? Wow. I think that's a pretty powerful question. I, I think
1: so. You know, and as a pastor, if you're continually thinking or wishing or daydreaming that you are at another place, another position, another church, then You can't help but neglect the flock that that God has placed under your your watch. And so I think that will show up. And and people, I think, really notice that when you're just thinking of them as a stepping stone and you're not giving your full heart, your full attention to ministering to them. And so, you know, it is kind of an in-your-face question. But I think pastors, a lot of pastors get caught up in this because they they want that ladder of success. And so they're, they're moving from one church to another, a bigger church or a different place or more influence. And so sometimes you just, you neglect the flock that God has placed under your watch.
0: Yeah, I think that question you're asking is, you know, are you all in? Is your heart all in? Have you allowed allowed yourself to make the choice that I'm all in for these folks. And this is Mm -hmm. where I'm committed to. And I'm committed to be here as long as God wants me here and I'm going to love on them. I'm going to care for them. And that's the, the mindset, you know, Trent, you and I both do some marriage counseling and uh, you know, we, we have used a a process of saving your marriage before it starts. And there's a Simba thing. And one of the first things they do is what is your mindset going into marriage? And one of those choices is you have a resolute mindset, which is the biblical model for for marriage, that when you go into that marriage, that you expect that there's an expectation that you give your all to it and that you expect it to last. That's really the expectation we ought to go into our churches with.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, And so that, you know, if I showed up, you know, at my wedding and I hadn't spent any time with my bride, You know, there there would be an expectation Dana would would be wanting to whoop me. You know, (laughs) if if I hadn't been spending any any time with her, and and so that kind of leads me to the second thought of this is that giving our complete attention, it's it's like okay. So I'm sitting at the wedding dinner after the wedding, and I'm sitting beside my bride, but this cute girl walks by, and I'm like, hey, you know. That would be ridiculous, right? And it would really break the heart of my new bride.
0: Yeah, you're talking about that kind of that half-hearted thing of I'm doing what what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not sure I buy it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And right. your church picks up on that. Your church knows if you're not really there or, or distracted. And, you know, I know... There have been times in ministry where I've been distracted by the things going on. You talk about feeling a little distracted today. We're going to have those times, but are you living in that moment? Are you living distracted, you know, thinking about all the other things you'd rather be doing? And, you know, Trent and I both have said it's a dangerous statement to say, if you could be happy doing something else, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be a pastor or whatever. Well, there are going to be times where you're just not happy doing it. There are going to be times where it's hard doing it. But again, we do it because God calls us, and if you have that calling and you're putting all you can into it, at the end of it, you're going to go back and be grateful that you answered that call. But if you do it half-heartedly, you're you're going to live in a in a just a frustrating, frustrated, angry place.
1: And so, as we I want to continue, you know, thinking about this analogy and loving God with all that we are, and so with my strength, am I? Am I doing that? Am I loving the bride with all my strength? And here, there are several things I want to, um, Alan, and I want to talk about in this. And I want you to think about. Um, but one of the first questions is, are you working at, at least what is expected or more for your bride? And and so think about this, Alan. Uh, I know that we have a lot of co-vocational guys, bivocational. Um, men that are serving and working a full-time job and then also pastoring their church. But typically there are some expectations from the church of, hey, you're going to not only preach on Sundays, but you're going to do some other things too.
0: Yeah, that's an important part. I mean, are you you doing what's expected? You know, most churches are going to give you a job description, supposed Mm -hmm. to do what's expected. Are you doing what the Bible says you're expected to do? There's just those times where we need to we need to take care of those things that we are supposed to take care of. I mean, the job needs to be done. And when you agree, right. when you agree to accept that call, you're agreeing to that job that needs to be done. And you're saying, I'm gonna do the job.
1: Yeah, and that can be that can be in lots of different areas depending on your church. I mean, I can't give you, okay, you've got to do these things. That has to come from your church. And what you said, Alan, about a job description, you've got to have that. And, and talk through those expectations ahead of time so that you know what they're expecting and then also they know what you're expecting uh, in this. And so, you know, you want to be able to fill those basic expectations. There's gonna be times and maybe some places, churches, where maybe the expectation is a little unrealistic. Uh, but as you talk through those things at the beginning, And because otherwise people are going to get very frustrated with each other. So, you know, the first thing is reworking at least what they expect.
0: Yeah, and some of those expectations, Trent, might be um, unwritten expectations. So if your church expects a pastor to put effort into certain things, you might tell Mm -hmm. them that that's an unwritten expectation, you know, whether that's, community involvement you know if your church has a history of the pastor being involved in the community and that's not in the official job description but you know we want you to find the place in this community where you plug in for you that was the chamber of commerce and for me it was coaching but Mm -hmm. where are you going to plug in 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 the community and to find that place well tell them because if you don't tell them it's kind of hard to hold someone to that expectation and when someone can't meet the expectations they didn't know about, that can be very frustrating. So make sure that, that if you're, you're on the church member side of this, make sure that your pastor knows what those expectations are so that you can have that good marriage um, in, in that situation. But if you're going to be, be this person, you, it means you've got to take the leadership role, Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and so that leadership can mean lots of things too, but just think about what are the things that you preach at to your folks on any given weekend? Um, you know, if we talk about outreach, Hey, are you, are you leading in outreach? Are you involved with them? Or are you just telling them they've got to go do it? Are you part of the team? And, and I think that's a big part of this, Alan is, is actually living out being part of the team. Uh, instead of just telling them, "Hey, you have got to go do this," and instead let's make it, "Hey, let's go do this together."
0: Yeah. What about um? Let's take um other things. Just, the just the things that your church does, your your events. Are you showing up for those things, or do they look around and see that their pastor's not participating in anything that they do?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's really big because um, they see you as. Um, really the face of the church. And if you're not involved in those things, that's going to, it's going to make a big impact and like, okay, does he really care about this? And let's just be honest. There are some times when a pastor can't do everything, especially if you're working another job, but you know, pastors that there are some things that, Hey, it's you better be there. Um, You need to be there at some events and, and, Talk to your leadership, your deacons, or whatever, if there are times when you can't be there. Make sure you talk to them beforehand, not being accused after, afterwards.
0: Yeah, one of the things this does too, Trent, is it shows people that you're willing to let them shine in using their spiritual gifts and that you don't have to be the center of attention and the center, um, center stage all the time. You know, because well, let's be honest, our biggest place, our biggest visible place is when we're preaching on Sundays. But when you show up at some some event that your church has going on and your basic role is to be there and help help take the trash out when you're done, you're saying, "Hey, I can do this, I can be content doing this as much as I can be doing that." And that's what a good church member is, and that's what a good church member does. And so we're setting a really high Example of what it means not only to be a good church member but what it really means to be part of the kingdom of God where we recognize that that other people have spiritual gifts and we're letting them use them and we're supporting them in that. I'm so glad
1: you said being a church member because I think pastors sometimes forget that they're supposed to be a church member as well and they're supposed to be part of the body um, and serving together and I I love your example of just being willing to take out the trash or help clean up or be a greeter for some event. Maybe you've got a fall carnival that you're doing. Well, being the pastor and being there to help clean up the messes that all those kids, are doing, that's a blessing to the people of your church that are serving and, uh, or just welcoming, being the door greeter and welcoming people in. That's, those are great opportunities. And so uh, in those things, I want to ask, are you fully engaged in serving with your church family? Because a um, a person who is loving the bride well will be involved in their church and be involved in all the events. Maybe not all the events, but they'll be serving and helping in the events of the church.
0: Yeah, again, it's I, I may not be able to do everything, but I can show up. And yeah. sometimes just me showing up makes all the difference in the event. And so it's important. It's important to be there. Now there are, you can't be probably at everything and you probably shouldn't be at every single thing, but when it's a church wide event, you should do your best to, to be there and you should be involved and engaged and be a part of what's going on.
1: And so we've been talking about loving the bride with our minds, with our strength but I also want to ask you, are you loving the bride with your heart and with your mouth? Um, don't get weirded out on this, but <laughs> this um, loving, loving the bride um, with, with your heart and mouth will come out in ways. And so I want to ask you these questions. And so think about this. Are you speaking well of your church? Because I've been around some pastors. I know you have too, Alan where they didn't talk well of their church at all it was all negative
0: yeah i i cringe when i when i see that you know we should have good things to say about our church even when things were going bad for me um in times in ministry i'd still remember that it was god's church and that he loved that church and i might be frustrated and i might be discouraged but I also had to remember that God God wanted to see that church thrive and do well, and it was my job to to support them and lift them up. And so, our words matter. Like, as a man, I should never go out in public and say, "Well, my wife, blah blah blah." You know, mm. um, one, I marry well beyond what I deserve, and I know that. And secondly, she deserves she deserves me to speak well of her because she puts up with me and so <laughs> and so I should speak well of her the same was true for my church I should always speak well of my church
1: yeah that's a great example and Alan and I both outkicked our coverage when it came to our mates and life and we have two beautiful amazing ladies that are part of our lives and we're thankful for them Uh, the church is also a beautiful bride and we're supposed to be the ones who are helping make them beautiful, right? We're supposed to be the ones that are helping them to become all that God created them to be. And so are you speaking well of your church? And then the, I guess the follow up question to this, Alan, is are you speaking well of your job? And I'm thinking of our, as pastor or in ministry, are you talking about, good talking well about being a pastor and or being a minister in your church what do you think about that
0: i think that's a really good question and i'll I'll be honest until we put this podcast together i hadn't really thought about that but what what comes to my mind first and foremost is we want to see you and your church endure but i also know that we have some people in ministry who are doing ministry for the wrong reason, whether it's out of a sense of guilt or a sense of obligation to God, because He saved me, I should want to do this. And if you're doing ministry for any other reason other than you're called to it, um, you're gonna you're gonna live in this spot where you hate your job because you have to be called to be a pastor. You can't you can't just go and do it without the calling. There's there's not enough. The Mm -hmm. goods aren't good enough to outdo the hard times of being a pastor. Right to to stay engaged in it, you know, you're dealing with you're dealing with death, you're dealing with uh, you know people's questions. You've got their spiritual you've got their spiritual development in in your hands, and you're responsible for that. The Bible tells us that that's a heavy responsibility. And if you don't have that calling, you're not going to do it. And so if you don't value the job well enough to speak well of it, I mean, I think there could be something going on. And I think you should explore, you know, why is it that I don't like this job?
1: Yeah, you know, and I've been meeting with a group trying to um, find ways to encourage churches to call out the called, um, to encourage people to follow God's calling into ministry. And I think that because pastors talk badly about their position and talk badly about their churches, I'm not surprised that people don't want to follow God's calling into ministry because all they hear is negative instead of the amazing opportunity it is to follow God and say yes and to help people to come to know him better. What what more could you want? It's an amazing job, a great opportunity. But if all as pastors, if all we ever do is talk badly about the bride, talk badly about the job we have to do. Now we have to put up with the deacons. We have to put up with the people in our church. It's no wonder people don't want to go into ministry.
0: Yeah, you're right. Right with that. You know, one of the things that was interesting a few weeks ago, I met a young man and showed up to a training event. And he's still in high school, exploring his call, a call, potential call to ministry. He said, "Well, my church suggested that I guess should get involved with this." And I love that it's the church recognizing gifts in this person that says, "Perhaps God is calling you." And I think that maybe we've made this mistake too of calling being one sided. That it's mm-hmm. well, it's just between me and God whether or not I'm called. But when, I love the example of when when uh, Barnabas and Saul were set apart, you know, God said, set them apart and the church set them apart. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that those two ever thought, Hey, we're called to be the first missionaries, but the church (laughs) recognized that they had something to offer and that God was doing something in their lives. And I think that that's what, what this is all kind of comes back around to is that we, if when we're engaged in relationship, we see those things. You know, we see what God is doing. You know, I see what God is doing in the life of my wife because we have, we have a relationship. And we, we enjoy our relationship. And so I, I sit in amazement at the things that God is doing in her life and how she's grown. And I can see things. And she'll say, oh, I just don't. And I say, but I know I can see what God is doing in your life. Look at what God has already done. And when you're engaged with your church, you know, you're able to not only speak well of your job and say, yeah, there's some hard stuff. But let me tell you about the cool parts. I get to baptize people. I get to pray. (laughs) I I, I get to go and pray with my friends, kids when they when they pray to receive Christ. And I get to hold the hand of someone as they walk their loved one through the valley of the shadow of death and know that I'm there for them um, to walk with them um, through that and you get all these very special blessings that also go along in ministry and you also get that opportunity to help raise up that next generation who's going to do the same thing. Mm,
1: I love that and I think that you know if someone like the about earlier is wondering about a calling how amazing it is is it to have other people come alongside you and confirm that calling to say, yeah, we see this in you. Um, I know you're thinking about this, but we, we want you to know that, Hey, we agree. We see this in you as well. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to give you opportunities, man. And that's as a pastor, that's one of those fun things for me was to give opportunities to serve and minister and preach even to young people, in my church. And I I love getting to look back and see those, those young men out there serving the Lord. Um, to me, that's the, that's good fun stuff.
0: And Trent, you have been in several places, um, throughout your ministry, just as I have, um, do you leave a, a bit of your heart everywhere you've been?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Alan, I mean, not only do we like to go back and visit, because those are our friends you know we've given our hearts to them and we love them we stay in touch with them we pray for them continually so absolutely yes
0: yeah it means a lot when someone just reaches out and says hey we just we're thinking about you and and they're excited that God's using you in Texas and it always just takes me back to all the memories I have with those folks and and all the the things that God allowed us to do together and so it's you leave a, a bit and part of your heart everywhere you go. And if you're not leaving a bit a bit of your heart wherever you've been, you're probably not doing it right. Because mm-hmm. our heart our heart should definitely be involved in the ministry and we should care about the ministry that we're involved with.
1: Right. And you know, I just I want to kind of share again this this whole conversation is to encourage you as pastors to do your very best. Don't do a halfway job, you know, or less than halfway. I've seen guys that call themselves pastors that I, man, that's a real stretch to say they're pastoring their church. And, and it's unfortunate because that person won't endure and neither will the church endure if those things continue. And so we want to encourage you to be honest with yourself, um, be responsible in the position that God has given you and your church has given you as well.
0: Because we want to see you and your church endure. And that's why we do this. That's why we love talking with you. Hey, do something for us. Uh, Leave us a great review. Please also um, reach out to us if we can be of assistance to you because we're here to help you and walk alongside with you. But we thank you for tuning in and look forward to catching you on our next episode of the Enduring Churches podcast.